Hi there, and welcome to the Ease Lifestyle Renovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and I will be joined by Dr. Mark and Adrian to talk about new healthy topics every week because at Ease Lifestyle Renovation, we are building better bodies one healthy step at a time. And now, let's get on with our broadcast. Hey guys, Dr. Mark here with uh, Adrian. Uh, Liz is not with us today, but she'll be with us uh, probably for our next podcast. Um, today, we're going to discuss something that you probably can feel, or you may feel like you know, but uh, maybe you've never had anybody actually tell you, yes, that is the actual truth, and your brain is trying to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well, not necessarily trying to kill you, but your brain definitely wants you to be heavier than you actually are, because it wants to store things. So, um, so tell me more about that. <laughs> I would love to. The, so my brain is fighting me, actively fighting against all fighting of my against. plans and yes. goals and trying hard to not eat all the delicious things that are available to me. <laughs> yes. Um, see, our brain and our body are working together to survive. And prior to, say, the 1970s, um, that was something that was actually a concern for your body and your brain, is that you had to uh, make sure that you had enough energy because we didn't have the amazing food supply that we have now. We also have a lot of processed as well as really high-calorie foods that were not as prevalent prior to then. And so... Because of the, the reason that we have these, these uh, higher calorie foods and foods are very prevalent now, our brain hasn't caught up with the fact that we don't have to be, you know, holding on to everything. Uh, we don't have to be actively going out and pursuing, um, finding the highest calorie foods. We, we're actually in a place where we, we're more likely to have to cut back. And that is not normal. That's just not how um, we were designed to be. So... With that in mind, I wanted to talk about the, the things that, um, that happen to you whenever you are trying to cut back or when you're just trying to maintain. So how many of you have been to a buffet? I try not to go anymore because I understand this concept. And you go, okay, I'm going to take a little of this and I'm not going to eat that much and get, and you'll sit down and your plate is just like mounted up. <laughs> And you're not sure how that happened. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm never going to eat all this. And the next thing you know, the plate is completely empty. And then they have the ice cream. <laughs> yes. And then they have the ice cream. And you're like... With all the fudge and all the oh. things that go on the top. And then maybe like the brownie and then the apple pie and then the... Yeah. Yeah, that's... All the many things. The, all right the many, many things. <laughs> and so that is an actual um, function of your brain. Whenever you see an overabundance of food... Your brain releases hormones and other neurotransmitters to make you feel like you're starving. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why one thing we're going to always recommend is stay away from buffets. I mean, I understand you're going to have, you know, things with your family where you're going to have, everybody's going to bring something, but we're also going to talk about use a smaller plate, do things like that. But um, you can't really, it's difficult to fight against that because your brain is so powerful and the, the neurotransmitters and the hormones it releases yeah, you can't really chalk down your hormones. You cannot. <laughs> talk to you all cannot. the teenagers in your life. <laughs> it doesn't work very well. No, it does not. And there's um, 
there are um, hormones like uh, ghrelin that is not referred to as the hunger hormone. And there are things in the um, in your GI tract that are short chain fatty acids that also communicate with your brain. So you got your your GI tract communicating with your brain, and they all say, "Hey, feed me because I'm I'm starving." And you exactly, and your brain is like, "Listen, what happens if next week there's no food? What are we going to do?" And it hasn't figured out that that's going to be okay. <laughs> so um, as you were talking about the ice cream things, yeah. I want you to think about for a minute, you go out to a restaurant, you eat a nice meal, and you're sitting there, and you're like, I am actually in pain. I cannot eat anything else. And then they, they have figured this out. They don't tell you about the desserts. They bring you a dessert tray. Right. And you roll out the cart. <laughs> yes. You roll out the cart. And you look at it, and instantly you're like, I'm starving. <laughs> I need that. Yes. I need that. Yes. So... Um, there's research that shows that when you see that high fat, high calorie food, even though you're stuffed, your brain turns off the stress receptors in your stomach. Oh. And while a minute before you were dying. Right. <laughs> now you're like, I gotta have it. Yeah. You know, and that's why whenever you're sitting there, you just have to. It's that dessert hole. It is the dessert <laughs> hole. It's an actual thing. It's not made up. <laughs> And, and, and there's room for that. Not there's, any more yes. actual food, but the dessert <laughs> yes. hole. Yeah. And that's because the high fat, high calorie is what your brain wants. Because it wants you to store fat. Yeah. Sorry. Yay. Sorry, guys. But <laughs> your brain wants you to be... As fat as possible. As fat as possible. <laughs> exactly. Feels like the only answer there. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, let's say that, you know... They've also done um, brain studies and looked at the pleasure response mm. that you get from eating these high-calorie foods. So, you know, when you think about it, it's not really fair because while we say, okay, we can be addicted to drinking, we can be addicted to smoking, you can stop drinking. Well, I know it's hard, but if you do stop drinking alcohol, you're not going to die. If right. you stop smoking cigarettes, you're not going to die. If you stop eating food, you're going to die. So we have to get, get this balance of something that is required yeah. every day, but at the same time, your brain is making you think, okay, I need more and more and more. Right. And so that is the thing that we have to kind of balance. That's, that's why I don't really buy Oreos or mm -hmm. cheese puffs. Because if they're not there, then I don't eat them. But if that's they're a very there, good idea. I eat them. <laughs> They're delicious. <laughs> they are They're terrible delicious. for you. <laughs> they are both. I don't actually things. have them in, you know, in true form. And I just, I can do without. I can say no because they're not yeah. in my hands. <laughs> Once they're in the vicinity, I, it's not good. It's weird. Once you open the bag, <laughs> they just disappear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Oreos have a special thing where you like eat one and you're like, well, I can have another one. And then, then you eat another one. And then maybe someone else eats another one. And then you're like, well, the row is almost done. I should finish the row. Yeah, finish the row. And, <laughs> it's and, even that way. And if you take them apart, <sighs> then it's, you're only eating half of them. Right? <laughs> but I don't do that. I'm a well, doctor. You're, oh, you're yeah, breaking them I don't break them in half. <laughs> I, I like to soak them in the milk. So. What if you have a double stuff and you take it apart oh. and then you take another double stuff and you put them together messier. and you got quadruple stuff? No, it's just, it's just messy. messy. Okay. I, like I don't think I had those when I was a kid either, so. Probably not. Nostalgia is a thing too. So, what do we do? Well, we 
art galleries. Mm -hmm. We try to do our best to maintain that calorie count, which is very difficult. And so for all of you out there who've had an issue where you're like, I'm counting my calories, but I'm going to slide a little in. That is everybody in the world. And it's, it builds a huge like shame hole in people because you feel like I should be able to do this. Yeah. You know, this is something that should not be this hard. I'm a, I'm a grown adult. I'm a grown adult. <laughs> you know, I can handle everything except holy crap. But it, so I'm trying to get the point across that it's not your fault. You know, this is something that is actually your brain is working against you. And so some of the things to back that up is, and I call this the knife in the back. And, um, there are several studies that have shown that the beginning part of your diet goes well. And for most people, you're going to say, okay, yeah, it goes well. I can lose a few pounds. But then it starts to get hard. The reason it starts to get hard is one study looked at um, a drug called a, a SGLT2, a sodium glucose ligand transport inhibitor. And what it does is it gets sugar out of your body by... You pee it out, basically. Mm -hmm. it's, it's for diabetes, but it also helps with other things. And But you lose weight because you're losing this sugar, about 350 calories a day, which is nice. Yeah. But what they found is the people in the trial, as they lost about two to five pounds, their appetite increased by 200 calories a day. So as you start to lose, your brain... And, she just starts ramping up the neurotransmitters and the hormones and your appetite just starts going. Ooh. So every. See, I thought that show. was like the working out, right? Like you're working out really hard and your body is <laughs> <laughs> like, Ooh, look how much we're burning. We need to eat more. So it's not, but even no. if you're not, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Even if you're not working out, that's what happens oh. because hmm. you have these set points and your brain wants you to be at a set point. It doesn't want you to weigh you know, less than what you currently weigh. Right. Because again, your brain is terrified. Your brain can't go out and get food. Your brain needs the body to go out and get the food. And the brain, whether you like it or not, is pretty much in charge. Right. <laughs> you know? And it doesn't understand, hey, I'm going to cut back. I'm going to start looking good. No, your brain's like, look, you look damn good right now. We're going to keep that extra weight on there because I need it. <laughs> yes. You know? So and the brain likes fat too. The so. brain mm -hmm. loves some fat. <laughs> so, you know, you have that working against you. And then... Uh, I mentioned uh, Grenland earlier. Well, there was a Norwegian trial, and they looked at people. You had to weigh over 275. as men and women. Uh, both were in the trial. And they saw that as you lose weight, your Grenland, the hunger hormone, increases. So it was a two-year study. Is trying to make you eat, eat back up to the... <laughs> it definitely wants you to get back to that set point. And so um, you think, okay, once I've started losing weight, I will get to a set point and everything will be fine. It's not necessarily the case. Because what they found is that this hormone level stayed elevated at the one-year mark and at the two-year mark. Oh, no. Yes. Body is very, or your brain is very persistent. It's got nothing else to do. You know, it's got nothing but time. Yeah. I mean, you can sit there and worry about all the things that you want to worry about as far as like bills and kids and all the other things. But then in the back of your brain, it's thinking, okay, I need some more fat. Because, you know, <laughs> what happens if tomorrow I'm getting food? Yeah. So, again, it goes back to 
Evolutionary times. Evolutionary back in the cave. times. Back in the cave. Whenever you're like hunter gatherers and yes, mm -hmm. yeah, and then even not you know when the men were in the fields and the women were cooking all mm -hmm. day long because it took that long to it, cook all that yes. food <laughs> to feed the people mm -hmm. that were in the fields. Yeah, because it was also not easy or or like cool. It was very hot next to the fire. They <laughs> <laughs> were sweating a lot out. So like. Little side note, we do enjoy going to like the Vanderbilt houses and you know, seeing how they live, yes, which is amazing. But you know, those houses are not super old, like the, you know, the castles in Europe, but the kitchen's amazingly hot because there's no AC, like yeah. you were saying. They're down there cooking with the, the flames in the oven and because it's a wood fire, yeah. So I couldn't imagine what it'd be like to, to work in there, yeah. So you guys had it rough. We did. And we had to wear all the skirts and stuff. Anyways, side note. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> That's right. Not fair. So um, I'm trying to say all this because I don't want you to feel like you are a failure or you are weak. Weak or any of those things. Because really, when you look at the stats, only about one in five. In the best studies, one in five actually maintain weight loss. Yeah. This is very hard because evolution and um, your body's design is working against you. You know, because, you know, prior to the 1970s, we really didn't have a, a big problem with obesity. Right. But then once we started getting the processed foods, we started getting the jobs where we sit down all the time. The computer jobs. Computer jobs. Yeah. That things, those things started to change. And I'm not saying that, you know, you don't have change and it's not good, but at the same time, um, we, oh, I almost forgot. In the same study, the Norwegian study, this is another sort of downside to losing weight, <laughs> is they measured the basal rate right. of the people in the trial. This is your metabolic rate when you're resting. Yes. How many so, calories you burn when you're just sitting? When you're sitting, when you're either eating or sleeping or just do, you know, just maintaining life, that rate dropped as they lost weight. <laughs> so you're getting kind of, you know, screwed on both sides, basically. <laughs> your appetite's going up. Picture mark. Yes, I know. <laughs> the appetite's going up and the basal rate is going down. And as you can tell, when the calories growing up and the, the use of calories is going down, the weight goes up. And so, again... You're in a literal fight with your body. You are. It is brutal. Um, so, what they recommend is that you have... You just quit. You just, just become quit. really fat and call it a day. Exactly. <laughs> uh, actually, one of the recommendations was um, in the trial, they looked at people losing or cutting back about 500 calories a day. Okay. And so that they feel like that 500 was a little high. Their thoughts were if you could do it to like 200. And here's the other thing. If you exercise, they're pushing close to an hour a day. Mm -hmm. But if you exercise and go slower with the 200 calorie, you can actually get a better set point. So that is the way that they found. You'd be a little sneaky. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, if you do something drastic, your body's like, famine! Yes. <laughs> but if you do something a little bit, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm still eating almost the same amount. Yeah. Not quite, 
A little, you know, it's a little less. Yeah. I don't like just walking for an hour. I don't want to do that anymore. But <laughs> you combine all of that, and what you end up with is your body is able to to maintain a lower set point. Okay. And so what that means is your gremlin, your grenel, I always get this wrong. Gremlin. Yeah. It's a weird word. Yeah. It sounds like gremlin. It does. And honestly, it's, it it's looks that little like, gremlin trying to eat you. So it's G-H-R-E-L-I-N. Okay. So it looks like gremlin. Let's just call it gremlin. Um, the levels didn't rise as much. Okay. So you're not as hungry. Exactly. You can maintain the normal level of hunger yes. that you feel. And that's how you get a lower set point. So your brain and your body are then okay with you weighing less. Uh-huh. It's a negotiation. It's a negotiation. <laughs> exactly. You know, everything in life is a negotiation. Yeah. And so, um, but they also recommend a long-term, basically, support. Yeah. You know? And that's, if you are reading literature about weight loss and how it works well with support, that actually is why we're doing this is, you know, I can't tell you how many friends and relatives and family members we have that are trying to lose weight, trying to lose weight, trying to lose weight. And I won't say everyone, but a lot of them get stuck in this cycle where it's just like we were talking about earlier. It's like, why is this not working? Yeah. Yeah. And well, I would like to add that we women have extra special <laughs> things because we have more hormones that are fighting for so many different reasons. Because our bodies, the baby. yeah, the, our bodies <laughs> just perpetually think we're pregnant or want us to be pregnant or ready to be pregnant, and you got to have all those extra extra source of fat you know the men have source of fat but we have extra source of fat in case we're having a baby you never know, right? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> and that goes on for way too long way longer than we that you know you go through menopause and it still doesn't it's still against you i don't know what happens there that's true i don't know the but something medical to look forward to that, that <laughs> for both men and women out there something to look forward to is mm-hmm. when you get over 85, you actually, your body starts to lose oh, about yay. a pound a year. So there you just, go. Just, just wait till 85. Just wait it out. Okay. <laughs> You'll be the slimmest you ever wanted to be. <laughs> well, it's only about a pound or two a year. Oh. So let's say you weigh 400 pounds at 85. You would only have to live for another. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, dear. Um, but yeah, it, the whole thing is, it's this is incredibly difficult. Um, you have to eat. Yeah. Can't can't survive without it, but at the same time, your pleasure senses in your brain are wanting you to eat the fat, and they're wanting you to eat the high calorie things. Your hormones, your neurotransmitters are all saying, "Look, my brain's We're going to die. Yes, I don't want to die. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I, I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough food. Yeah, because you know, just like you know, we haven't had this surplus of food long enough for us to shift. To where we can handle it. Yeah. So it's got to be a group effort. Group effort. Um, there's going to be one day when I'm just like, I want an entire cake, <laughs> and I'm going to reach out to somebody like Adrian. I'm going to be like, I want to eat a whole cake, and she's going to be like, I'll be there in a minute. We'll eat it together. <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, she's going to say, You don't need a whole cake. <laughs> you can be okay. You're going to be okay. I will and not then, make you a cake. Yes. Will you buy a cake? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so that's why you need people who have a shared experience. Yeah. You know, 
so that you have a community and you don't, we can hopefully banish the shame. And, and as we progress through these podcasts, we're going to touch on this a lot where people quit, people drop out because they feel like a failure and you're not really to blame because your brain and your body wants you to have that extra weight. And if we can get that in your forward brain where you're thinking about that and get the like prehistoric, I got to eat brain, (laughs) then um, hopefully this process will go better. But in the meantime, you want to go slow. You want to start to exercise because that's going to benefit in a lot of ways. You want to set a good goal and a good goal, you know, five to 10 pounds to start off. Something, nothing to, to, too huge. And, and not in a two-week span. <laughs> not in a two-week span, exactly. Give yourself some grace. Give yourself some leeway, you know. And But also at the same time, um, if you can do it in a group where you have somebody to talk to, where you can be their strength one day and they can be your strength another. Yeah. And then you have a better chance of the succeeding. And if it's starting to not succeed, you can reach out as well and say, look, I'm having problems and I don't want to be alone because it's that alone book feeling that just makes you want to quit. Yeah, for sure. So I'd love for you to, um, you know, check us out and see if you like our community. Uh, we are very open, very accepting, no shame cycles for us. And, um, we just want to do it very encouraging and in a loving way. And all the notes from um, all the research will be um, in the podcast notes. This is at easelifestylerenovation.com. She always does that better than I do. <laughs> all right, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us again at Ease Lifestyle Renovation. Be sure to check out the website at easelifestylerenovation.com.